No, 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 no. No, no, no I would no, love no. to be the cat snuff. Yeah, okay, let's snuff. let's do cat snuff. Yeah, we didn't. Definitely. Did we do diarrhea? No, did, I think we, we did. did we just, okay, can we do uh, Star? I just don't want to repeat. I do. I want. I want it, a It's new... going with the flow, man. Okay. I think it was Borelli and It's not in diarrhea. It is. Sorry for saying. Sorry, media presents the Per Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery, with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein. And this is Dr. Susan Little, who always always misses her cue. Yes, she did again. (laughs) And uh, we're uh, once again in a beautiful surrounding called Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, And we have a very special guest. This is, as a matter of fact, a reappearance of a guest. This is the first time that we have a guest twice now. This is the first time we've actually invited somebody back. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> so it's a huge honor, and I, you know, shocked. my my heart just jumps open from joy uh, because we have you here. And can you introduce yourself to our wonderful audience? I am so excited to be here. I'm Stanley Marks. Oh no! Wait! 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 wait. No! 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 I'm Michael Lappin from Colorado State University, yeah, the number one university in contrast. Number to, one in contrast uh, to UC Davis. UC Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I'm well so done. happy to be a yes. second timer. Yes. Yeah, yes. and awesome. the only one, the first one. Yes. It's an honor. Yes. 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 <laughs> I think many will follow, but I mean, when you lead, you know, when you're the, the when you're leader the leader, the pack, yes, yes, and then people will stand, probably will be knocking on my door and say, "Hey, when is my time?" Yeah, well, I'm definitely a trendsetter in you're clothing trendsetter? and hairstyles, hairstyles and many things. Yes. Yes, yeah, yes. technology. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, is Luddite a technology? <laughs> yeah, you may be awarded a poor podcast button for that. I yes, don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, I have my first one still. Yeah. I'm quite oh, proud of it. Yes. Do you have a flip phone? I do not have a flip phone, but I do have an Android. <laughs> you used yeah. to be a BlackBerry person. I was. Yeah. I was a BlackBerry. I... And I even had the calculator watch. Oh, oh. I was that's a timestamp there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember you being a blackberry person because i was very much a blackberry person until they kind of tanked and then i had to, yeah. <laughs> had to switch allegiance yes i was sad when they went away I this stupid little button i know i love mine i love really? my blackberry those yeah. buttons irritated me. no yeah yeah i love mine wow. Yeah, well, you're young. You're a young man. Yeah, so, you know, I was like, uh, where can I swipe on that thing? Are you good? And because it was just stupid buttons here to do. And then my E stopped working, which is the worst thing. You know, an E, the letter E is quite common, and so if you cannot type the E, and your language gets wait, wait, in in Dutch? No, there are English. almost no E's in Dutch. <laughs> How do you know? Because I've known you since you were twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so. true. Yeah, Mike and I go far far yeah let's not talk about it no i no i think we should so i was a student so, at uh, yeah. university of georgia i was an extern student so i came into the class of uh, something yeah. and, uh, and 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 mike was a resident i was a first year resident yeah. when you were a something student yes it was quite a good time in yes, georgia i was a senior but i was yes. i was you know for me it was this this eye-opening experience because education in holland was a little different and so we did not get any clinical 
any clinical education and I was thrown into the clinics in uh, in Georgia where the students were allowed to do everything and I was like so no, it was just at crazy that, at least at that time no clinical no like hands on no it was last 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 so, uh, so I, I was going into my last year yeah. and that's where you would get some clinical mm. instruction but I had nothing and the students were so for me I felt that they were so much better than I was mm. so. I'm not sure that was true but or I could have been. been. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> By the time you came to Colorado a few years later, yes. you were fantastic. Yeah. So, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. But I'm yeah. really surprised you haven't lost the Georgia accent yet. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> Funny how that happened. Uh, yes. Mind you, speaking of accents, neither have you. <laughs> no, no but, but at least I lived there for six years. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So there's the good old times. Yes. And, uh, uh, and so Mike and I go way back. Yeah. Uh, uh, and very happy that you're here. Um, we have lots to talk about because last time when we were talking, at the end you said we need to talk about this and we need to talk about that <laughs> and we haven't talked about this. So it, we promised you that you would come back and here you are. I am very happy to be in your hotel room in Tokyo. <laughs> yes, our magnificent recording studio, a.k.a. a hotel room. So this is kind of funny because we had Anne Hohenhaus here for an interview and she just left and she said, you know, I don't know how I feel leaving a strange man's hotel room <laughs> in Japan. I'm like, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. that's the first time for me too. It's, it's good that she's leaving in the in the middle of the day is good. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. not. So. But she called you a strange man. Yeah. <laughs> no, the hotel room was. Oh, oh. oh. me being strange. Okay. So, no, that was a wonderful interview. Right, yeah, so. we had a lot of fun with uh, yeah. with Anne. So, yeah. so all right, and we'll have fun with Mike. Uh, we're talking cats now. I want to talk about snot. Cat snot. snot. Cat snot. <laughs> yes. yeah. It is it's on popular demand. It obviously. is so, so popular. Mm-hmm. It's almost as popular as diarrhea. Almost. But I think someone else podcasted diarrhea yeah. already. So, so, his so. name could be Stanley Marks, Stanley actually. Marks at the <laughs> inferior vet school. Yeah. Yeah. You see Davis. Davis, you mean? <laughs> yeah. So my daughter adopted two cats, 10 years old. About 10 years old. From a local humane society. Yes. Um, God bless her for adopting Mm -hmm. mature cats. And of course, they are both snotty. Snotty. (laughs) And her mother, the cat veterinarian, (laughs) has so far been unable to stem the tide of cat snot. Yes, yes. Isn't that a classic? It's a classic. It's a classic. Yes, yes. I have the bane of my existence as a cat named Foghorn that was adopted from the shelter at four weeks of age. Oh. And he has continued to be a snot rocket uh, for the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a frightening and maddening condition because it actually does lead uh, lead to relinquishment of cats yeah and we yeah that's true i mean we 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 chuckle but uh but you're absolutely right some cats lose their homes over this because it is not always the easiest uh to live with yeah constantly cleaning walls and oh and there is a group of cats that we we really don't know what they are what they have what's (laughs) causing it you know we can sometimes control them a little bit with intermittent nasal lavages but but still they're just mucus producers like crazy Mm -hmm. yeah so why is that why don't we know what's wrong with these guys i don't know Mm -hmm. exactly why that is a really interesting podcast thank you so much for (laughs) being here it's the shortest podcast that we have had until now the good news is we still don't know how to treat or diagnose this condition thank you for coming yeah no i actually think we're quite lucky and the majority of them are going to be routine responders because i still believe if you look at the 
the world of cat snot. Yeah. It's still going to be herpes most yeah. of the time. Still just, think that. That's yeah. not changed. Yeah, just like people with cold sores. It's herpes. Most people, it's going to go away and yeah. go back into remission um, with the potential to show up later on in life with shingles and other things. But thankfully, most cats are fine. Mm. You know, hers are my, so my daughter's two cats, um, Bert and Marmalade. Mm. Lovely. My lovely cats. Um, You know, they're otherwise fine. Like a lot of these cats are, right? They're, you know, they're eating and drinking normally. They're active. They're playful. They're otherwise completely normal. Um, They just are high maintenance in terms of having to clean walls and floors and and so on around them. So like a lot of, um, I'm sure our our colleagues listening, you know, we've tried courses of antibiotics. Um, we've uh, made sure they don't have foreign bodies or two through abscesses and things like that. Um, and they, uh, like a lot of these cases, get better and then they get worse. So just when you think it's better, back it comes. Um, so I think a lot of vets find, um, antibiotic treatment kind of unrewarding, um, in these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think the antibiotics are probably overused and a lot of convenient shots have been given, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, in our ISCADE, uh, treatment guidelines that we published, what, 18 months ago, I think, um, the message we were trying to get across is in the first 10 days of an acute cat, Mm -hmm. uh, snot rocket, they're probably going to get better. It's just like when we have our rhinoviruses. I just went through them. Yeah, Yeah, Yola's just gotten over a cold. In fact, you're a little husky still today. That's my sexy podcast. Yes, yes, I like this. (laughs) Or it could be the karaoke I sang too much voice, too. Uh, We won't talk about your costume last night. I have to talk about that. But no, those first 10 days, most of those kitties are going to go into remission pretty much no matter what you do. And what we were trying to do with our guidelines was basically have people kind of truncate the time before they call it a chronic mm-hmm. you know it used to be i'd wait two or three months yeah. and now after 10 or 12 days if they're still having clinical disease it's probably a good idea to rule out the two three to abscess the polyp the stenosis yeah the foreign body the things that susan uh, just mentioned a second ago because once you've done that make sure you don't have a treatable disease that's non-antibiotic or famcyclovir responsive you know then you can kind of all bets are off we can try mm. some of these other uh, novel things mm. and you talked about a group that decided that can you explain a little bit who Escape? Those people mm. are? oh yeah the iscade mm-hmm. group uh, if you guys have not uh, met us yet it's the international society of companion animal infectious diseases mm-hmm. folks and it's a grouping of internists our our grandmother which she loves me to call her is uh, jane, jane sykes oh i love jane sykes. <laughs> yes grandmother jane uh, came up with the idea and it's a great idea to not have guidelines from just internists but actually include bacteriologists mm-hmm. and microbiologists yeah. so respiratory is our third guideline oh, really? wow. yeah yeah we started with urinary, urinary. Yep. then went to superficial pyoderma then respiratory mm-hmm. then back around just what three months ago the urinary version two came out oh, wow. yeah and we're working on bloodborne now we should put them in the are these freely available they are freely available yeah, we'll put them in the show notes yeah. so people can uh find them yeah. oh that'd be great yeah. on our on our website on our website yep.net oh excellent well i tell you what i like about those uh, documents is they don't just talk about the judicious use of antimicrobial agents mm-hmm. they should tell you how to do the workups and mm-hmm. things and when it's okay to pull the trigger and then our tables that give the drugs and their doses 
for what that body part would require is yeah. quite fantastic. Because sometimes the drug references, which are really great, it's a little hard to figure out what mm-hmm. dose or what body part sometimes. Yep. So that's one of my favorite parts of the documents. Mm-hmm. And uh, and who's in there? So who names some other names? Jane? Of, oh, gosh. We have so many great people on that one. Mm-hmm. Joe Bondo mm-hmm. running the medical uh, microbiology in Saskatoon. We've got, uh, gosh, the, the regulars, Brightward and Lappin and those mm-hmm. kind of people. Scott but uh, Scott Weiss is there and we've got Mark Papich and Shelley Rankin. We, we actually have a lot of the folks that have been active in that field. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So getting back to our, our snotty cats, how do you feel about famcyclovir? Yeah, I think famcyclovir is fantastic for mm-hmm. the cats that are easy to administer famcyclovir yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the biggest problem I think we've had, and, and Dr. Mags is here in Tokyo with mm. us as well this week, it's just administering it because it just doesn't flavorize well. Yep. Mm. You know, we just have a hard time. And so you end up giving, because now we're at about 125 milligrams per cat dose. Are we? Yeah. We're up from 90? Well, well uh, per cat dose. Oh, so I see per yeah, cat. Yeah, so gotcha. 40 to 90 40 to 90, per gotcha. Keg. Okay. Yeah, remember yep. the days that we started with 32.5. Totally. makes per cat. Yep. Yeah, well, we we're only underdosing by about 4x. Yeah. Uh, but once you start thinking about even a generic, which in the United States, a generic 250 is only, what, about a dollar and 10 cents. Yeah. But you still have to get it in the cat. You do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah. there's no veterinary. I don't think there's any veterinary formulations anywhere, no, really, is there? We no. have to use human product. Yeah. I mean, then we were talking with Anne about compounding. Are there compounding well, facilities where you can do yeah. that? Or is it too much to put into? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. those pills are pretty big, aren't they? The pills are pretty big and trying to give them in a flavoring. Mm. Uh, some at last. Yeah, but if you put it in a capsule, you don't need a flavor. No, no, no. What I do is actually use a pill treat of some okay. flavor, you know, and cover it with a pill treat and then try to pill yeah. the pill treat. <laughs> but um, in the frozen white north, yeah. where Susan comes yeah. from, yeah. Yeah, beyond the wall. Summit. Beyond the northern wall. Yeah, the northern wall. Uh, they actually state that they have had many cats tolerated, and one of the flavorings they use is bubble gum, apparently. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Cats have no sweet taste receptors, no. so that one puzzles me a little bit. But hey, if it works, you know, well, whatever. It came from a Canadian, so it must there be true. There you go. Must, so be, must true. be true. Yeah. Anything yeah. that they say is true. Yeah. So it just highlights some of the challenges yeah. with fam cycle beer. And yeah. twice a day, three times a day, you yeah. start at twice? Yeah, I start with twice yeah. with uh, Dr. Mags's team likes, and Dr. Thomas. They like three. Well, if you look if at you can. pharmacokinetics and, and tier levels, you, uh, three times a day is going to be optimal. So I do believe in, like you're... 10 year old cats mm. you've already done the workup with your daughter you don't have any treatable disease to me trying to shift the dynamics of, of herpes virus might be a I logical hope. thing to try so one is not very pillable yeah so. that's the problem there you go i can pill one <laughs> <Maybe> 50 <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. yeah i can pill yeah. we can pill one yeah. yeah but you know i think one of the things that we still have to make sure that all of us attempt to do in the chronics is actually find ways to lessen their stress you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because we never used to talk about that in the context. We we started talking about it in the context of lower urinary tract disease, right? Idiopathic cystitis and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, only now recently have I heard people like you talking about it in the context of reducing or trying to like shift that balance in things, other chronic diseases like respiratory. And does that, does that 
from you saying that, does that come out of your shelter work? Is that what gives you that idea? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I hope maybe some of the podcast listeners will remember a study where we looked at um, one dose of an intranasal herpes and Khaleesi vaccine mm. split between nostrils compared to a high dose interferon. Audrey um, Moore was the lead author. That That study was quite fantastic because they were chronic cats. They'd had chronic respiratory disease in the shelter. They'd failed clavamox, doxycycline, and lysine. And so they were in trouble. They'd mm. been in the shelter for about a month. Mm. The shelter uh, team allowed us to bring them up to the research facility, which had a maximum of four cats per chamber, mm. uh, visual shields and multiple perches and ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Those cats had been sick for a month and failed those three substances. And about a third of them, just moving them into that little bit quieter space, no barking dogs, and uh, they dropped below the entry criteria and were became adoptable. There oh, you wow. go. And that was when I really got interested in, wow, maybe stress should be one of the first things that we try in a chronic snot rocket. Mm. Uh, and, and a lot of times you don't think there's stress, but, yep. but there actually is. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Can be really hard to tell when a cat's stressed, right? Yeah. That's what mm. often when I talk to clients about the influence of stress on disease, they'll say, well, my cat's not stressed. My cat doesn't look stressed. What does my cat have to be stressed about? Right. right? right compared yeah. to my life, what does my cat have to be stressed yeah, about? Yeah. Comparatively speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think, tough. you know, and so I still use the Ohio State's uh, Tony Buffington site that's, you know, been carried on by others. And Indoor uh, cat initiative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's such a great way for lay people anyway, to think about what they might be able to do to make their house a little bit friendlier to their cats. So I, actually consider that before I think about poking big horse pills yeah. like pamsiclovir mm. down uh, kitties because of point. Yep. Yeah, those things that are pretty easy. Yep, let's reduce stress. You know, and that led to the work that we did with SIVA, looking at feel away and, and finally when we used two different uh, uh, rooms that had the same size of cubic feet so the airflow was the same mm. we actually finally were able to show feel away could lessen uh, stress associated reactivation of herpes and we've been studying uh, you know i believe you might still work for a pet food company mm-hmm. uh, you know we're looking at all these pathways for natural stress relievers and mm. i guess we shouldn't talk products today necessarily mm-hmm. but we have uh, just finished a study using some of those uh, kind of milk related stress relieving yep. uh, substances and shown an effect in a shelter study oh, wow. uh, that'll come out here hopefully next year if it makes it through review mm. so so anything we can do to lessen stress i think mm. is a good idea in the chronic kitties so these are the things like uh, tryptophan because yeah. what is it kazazepine yeah how yeah do you say that? i do not know how to say it so let's, yeah. let's make you um, say how, it how do you no, say not it, the Yola? dutch guy yeah that casepine stuff or casepine stuff yeah 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 i hate to say that or something like that yeah i think everybody goes how do you say that word yeah 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 well i say i butcher everything yes the less a stressopine yeah so quite quite intrigued by that because yeah. at least two of the pet food companies mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, are promoting a diet and you can yeah. buy them uh, as supplements that. too yeah. yeah supplements from yeah. the from the big v mm-hmm. uh, the big v word so so i think we should always consider that after finishing the workup after not finding a primary cause 
try the stress relief, try a, a, a probably have to go up to three weeks on the famciclovir to get, mm. you know, enough time to say, could that be the trigger? And then from there, it's all bets are off. Yep. Uh, that's where our immunotherapies that, you know, CSU's got a new patented one that Dr. Dow and I are working on. Oh, the no. topical vaccine really? as treatment. Yeah, we, we know that there uh, we can turn on natural killer cells and things with with uh, those modified live viruses and if all you have to do is shift the dynamics yeah. right mm. just yeah. a little bit mm. it's a it's an immune yeah it's aberration. like a balancing act right and if you yeah if you can sh- shift it then the body might be able to get control again just like ibd and yeah you know other gluten intolerances and things lessening the yeah. immune response may be enough to let the body take over again unfortunately um the the live intranasal vaccines are not available in every country yeah Yes, yes. We, and in Canada right now, we don't have any. And, and why is that? Um, I don't know at the moment why we don't in Canada, because mm. sometimes we have had. So it may simply be a, like a, a supply and demand, a mm. profit and loss issue. But there are countries where they're simply not uh, registered, right? Where they're yeah, not licensed. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and I don't think there's a lot of financial incentive mm. for most companies to bring them because yep. of the perception is what I'm going to give something in the nose of my cat. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, that look at the oral bordetella mm. uh, success in dogs. Dogs mm. are a lot easier to give intranasal to than cats yeah. by perception. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can't imagine most countries that have like a 12, 12 people in Canada. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> probably not going to be an economic no, not, uh, issue. Not an incentive. <laughs> yeah, Although, um, hey, I got, I'm one cat clinic that would buy more than 12. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. You have two clinics. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So 24 there. Yeah. But it is a nice uh, therapeutic option yeah. trying to change the, the trigger yeah. in a cat. Um, it's fairly inexpensive you have to buy a whole tray obviously but if you are in a country that does have those vaccines we have studied both the one by uh, Zoetis and the Mm -hmm. one that Alonco has Uh, so we have done studies with both and there can be a benefit Mm -hmm. and certainly something you could try in fact I would say back to your daughter's kitties Uh bring them to America and then have them Uh vaccinated here yeah Yeah, that would be a logical choice for them because you would never smuggle vaccines into Canada of course not no but they might be Mm-hmm. They might become temporary American citizens. That could happen. Mm. Oh, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't live far from the border. So there, there you go. go. Uh, just before I forget about famcyclovir, to circle back to that, um, okay to leave cats on that long term? Yes, it looks do. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the anecdotal stories, mm. especially the cats with ocular disease, you know, have been treated for months and months yeah. and months. And just uh, Dr. Thomas's work in the experimental kitties, the field cases now, it just does not seem to have problems with, say, the bone marrow like acyclovir did or yep. acyclovir. Hmm. Yeah, so, so that's, that's good. good news. Yep. Let's talk about lysine because that seems to be a little controversial, right? <laughs> yes. There's there's lysine proponents and there's lysine detractors. Yes, right? yes, yes. And I think they're all correct. And they're all right. Mm, I agree with you. They're all correct. Yeah. Just... No, I think the thing I've seen in my days so far doing uh, cat snot work is the misperception that lysine is a treatment. Yes. You know, it's not a treatment for a cat mm. that already has herpes, uh, clinical flare up. It's 
perhaps a prevention to help keep you in remission, but but, uh, giving it when the cat comes in with clinical signs of disease active today, it's it's not going to do anything. Uh, it's except, for the future. Well, and it may might actually cause more reactivation because uh, depending on the formulation you're using, if you're actually pilling it, the stress, stress of the pilling, of pilling it, it might be hurting them more than the small chance that it could help them. Uh-huh. So I'm still occasionally a proponent for prevention of mm. recurrence, um, but only if given as a dose. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we can't really like add it mm. to food. We can't. It, it seems to need to be bolused, doesn't it? It seems to be better as a dose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, the a couple of misperceptions that I've come across, too, amongst uh, our veterinary colleagues or veterinary team members is that it, uh, it, it doesn't it's specific to herpes virus. Right. So if you've got Khaleesi in there or whatever else in there, it's it's uh, it's not a treatment or not even a control for those. Right. It's herpes specific. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's not really um, I've heard veterinarians talk about it like um, immune support or immunotherapy, but it's not really any of those. It doesn't seem like doesn't it. Seem the, like it the way that it's reported to yeah, act yeah. should really be an immune support. Right. But I do think good healthy diet yeah there's uh, your immune support yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and certainly uh lessening stress as much as possible as we've already discussed and nauseum uh are probably the two most important things that the owner can do mm. and honestly i think all these things that we try if you have to fight the cat yeah. to give it it's going to counterbalance yeah. because of the stress, stress. Yeah. yeah if yeah. it's herpes or kalishi uh-huh. yeah. which is probably the more common two triggers yeah and what other triggers do we see yeah you know we don't know for sure but one of the things that i talk about in all my lectures dr kripstein is uh, i look at trying oh, a food oh, <laughs> i like to try a food trial okay you know i've heard that uh, three of the big manufacturers have fairly tasty hydrolyzed <laughs> diets yeah, yes they do yes yes and perhaps yeah. since we have that whole uh, galt and vault mm-hmm. and everybody's working together yeah. uh, we might actually have some of those be manifestations of food allergies mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. i i generally try in my chronics mm-hmm. uh, just a food trial yeah. you have to eat anyway so yeah. you might as well buy a you know some pound bag or yeah, uh, whatever they call and give that a try so this was a great first episode. It's not the first, it's the third. It was third. snotty. I thought it was snotty. It's snotty. It yeah, was we snotty. talked about snob, which is good. Which <laughs> is good. I learned a lot. You did. So, and, and I was quiet for quite a long time because you two were kind of getting into it. And I was like... And because you know, you're a surgeon. It, it, and looks, it really, what, really looks good. So, yeah, but you know... What can surgeons, surgeons do for no, snot? No, that, uh, no, that's not true, though, because we get a lot of these and cats yes uh, that we have to do endoscopy on Mm. Uh, so in some countries endoscopy is part of the surgery arsenal uh, and so we get a lot of snotty animals i see and so i was really interested and so thank you for that yeah thanks for letting me share uh, what we don't know yes and so uh, i think in our next episode we have more things to talk about but that's in two weeks and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or go to our website www.perpodcast.net and give us a good rating oh for sure are you guys begging for ratings now yes yes. of course did you give us a rating yes now that i have the app i'm going to go and listen to a podcast and i'm going to give you an excellent because it is so much fun thank you i can't wait to be here again thank you so much thanks 
Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yola Kerpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Her Podcast.